Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. say that my Lord my Jesus is good to me he's good to me because he's faithful hallelujah I hope you brought your Bibles this morning that says an awful lot about you and you could have brought it as a hard copy or maybe you brought it in terms of a app on your phone or tablet or iPad Let's go ahead and open them up this morning. And uh, we're going to continue this, this uh, subject matter of the nature of man. Oh, hallelujah. I'll tell you, it's, it was this simplicity of teaching that turned my life around years ago. You know, it's, it's interesting that, that Jesus said himself concerning you and I, he says that in order to receive what I have for you, you have to become as a child. You have to be a child. And you know, most children, you don't have to explain a lot to them. You just say, this, this is the way it is, and they don't, they don't question it. They don't need to know why or how. They just go, okay. And that's how we need to be with the Lord. That's how we need to be with the Bible. We've got to trust that this is him speaking to us and that he's smarter than we are. And we just take it as a child. You know, just like children, sometimes the explanation of why they're to do something comes later on when they start seeing the fruit of doing what they're told. I think it's that way in Christendom as well. So let's trust him uh, this morning. Father, we thank you for this book, the Bible. We believe it's you speaking to us right now. It's not simply a capsule of time or history. It is your life. It is your will. And it is your way of living. We choose to make ourselves as a child this morning. In that, we're saying that whatever you show us and reveal to us today, we will say, yep, I believe that. And we will adapt it as the way we walk. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've been on a process of dissecting uh, the nature of man. How many of you know that, that we as human beings were actually a pretty complex? And we found out last week, and if you weren't here, let me just give you a very quick capsule of what we said. We discovered last week that we are not our body. What, what you're looking at right now is not me. <laughs> Thank goodness. 
You're looking at the house I live in. I'm actually on the inside of what you see. I'm on the inside of my house. And so we found out last week that because we're not our body, that we're the hidden man on the inside, you and I will live forever. Therefore, we're not subject to death. We looked at that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go to verse 1. And Vince will be putting up, I'm assuming, the King James Version. But I'm going to read this from the Amplified because I, I believe it really helps us to understand what the Lord is saying to us. He says, For we know, this is 2 Corinthians 5.1, For we know that of our earthly tent, or this physical body, that's the house you and I live in, which is our house, and is torn down, how? Through death. When that happens, it says that we have a building from God. How many of you know that physical death here on the earth is not the end? Did anybody get that? Did anyone, anyone catch that? Unfortunately, most of the world has this idea that this life is all that there is. And so all their life, they're afraid of death. Because they think that's going to be the end. But that's not what the Bible shows us. And for you and I who are believers who have accepted Christ, it says that when this house through death is torn down, we have a building of God. It's a house not made with hands. It's not physical. It's not of this earth. And it says it's eternal. Now, for me, that, that, that helps my day. To know that this life is not just one and done. And everything's all, all done with and over. No. We live for eternity in that house that Jesus prepared for us. So it's comforting to know that when this body stops breathing, we're still alive. It's comforting to know that it's gain for you and I when we die. I don't think that we have enough revelation of this truth to, to really be looking forward to leaving this earth. But for you and I, it's going to be a benefit. It's going to be gain to leave this earth body of ours and leave the earth and go to be with the Lord. Look here in the second Corinthians chapter five. You're in the same chapter, but go down to the eighth verse. Verse eight. It says that we are confident. You know, confidence is a good thing. It's confident because of what you know and what you believe. He says that we are confident, I say, and willing. Rather, to be absent from the body. Did you see what he just said? He says we'd rather be absent or to leave the body. 
Well, that just shows you right there that we're not our body. Because if, if, if this is who I am, if I'm my body, how can I leave it? But this body is not you, this body is not me, and we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it from which it came, the earth. And we're going to go to our heavenly home. Amen? Amen? So what happens when, I, when my spirit, my inner man, the hidden man in my heart, what happens when it leaves the house I'm living in? I'm going to be present or in the presence with the Lord. Amen. Ooh. Boy, someone needs to say thank you, Lord, right now, right there. That's See, when you begin affirming what he's saying, that's how the word gets in us. If we just go, hmm, that's interesting, it's, it just flew away. You could have had it on the inside, but no, you were up here, and it just flew away. But if you go, yeah, that's mine. That's what's. That's how it's. Go- and you start imagining what it's going to be like to leave the bondage and the restrictions of this body and to get into that realm of total and complete liberty. Man, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be present with the Lord. So when we leave this body, this earth suit, so to speak, we go to a spiritual place. The Bible calls it heaven. Hallelujah. Therefore, we said that we're not a body, so what are we? We are eternal spirits that live in a body. We are an eternal spirit that lives in a body. Now, going over to 1 Thessalonians, let's look at the complete nature of man. We talked about the outer man and what it is. We talked about the inner man and what it is. There's one other component to our nature, and we're going to see it here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And this is a prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying for those believer, believers in Thessalonica. And it also applies to us because we're believers. And in verse 23, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, May the God of peace himself sanctify or to set you apart completely. So he's going to speak now and pray over the whole man the complete nature of God. He's wanting every part of our being to be sanctified completely. So he says, I pray that your whole spirit, everybody say spirit, your whole soul, say soul, and your whole body, say body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice here, it says that first and foremost, you are a what? A spirit. Now, you're not an angel, even though an angel is a spiritual being. No, you are a human spirit. Hallelujah. And that's why we're going to live forever. Because spirit beings are eternal. 
Number two, it says that you have a soul. Well, what's a soul? That doesn't mean you can keep, you have good rhythm, <laughs> right? No, soul was talking about our mind, our intellect, our emotions, our reasoning, and also our, our will or our freedom of choice. So I am a spirit, I have a mind, and where do we, where do we live? in a body that's the complete nature of man we are a spirit we have a mind and we live in our body now when we receive christ into our life and we were born again the nature of our spirit man was changed you you understand that that all have come short of god's glory Every individual that, that is born, every spirit being that's born in a body on this earth will come to that place where they find themselves with their spirit falling away from God and losing that life that God put in it and we become estranged or separated from God. Every, every human being who is a spirit man on the inside needs a spiritual rebirth to receive back the life of God that he put in our spirit man. Did you hear what I said? Each one of us must receive God's life through salvation when we receive Jesus into our heart. Now I want you to go to when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Go to John chapter 3. Now, I want you to see from Scripture that you have received a new nature on the inside. That your inner man, when, when you accepted Christ and you invited Christ into your life, your spirit man was eternally changed. Now, here's, here's Jesus in verse 1, John chapter 3. And it says that there was a man... And he was of the Pharisees, that's a, a, a religious group of the Jewish religion. And his name was Nicodemus. Now, he was a ruler, so he had a position of power and authority in the Jewish religion. He was a ruler of the Jews. So this is a man that's well noted in the community. This is a man that has recognition. This is a man that is showing forth the good works by doing his best to obey the law of God or the law of Moses. And so he's a man that's highly esteemed. And probably in the eyes of every individual was in right standing with God because of what he was doing on the outside. But how many of you know that sometimes what's on the inside doesn't always reflect on what's on the outside? Have you ever gotten an apple that, you know, it's, it's bright red and it's shiny? Oh, it's, you know, it, it, it just looks succulent and juicy and it looks, oh, it, whoa, you can't wait to bite into that apple. You're thinking, all right. And then you go ahead and take that bite. 
and you find out on the inside it's rotten. <laughs> oh, and there's a little half of a worm sticking out. <laughs> half of a worm. <laughs> well, even though that apple looked like it was good, really on the inside it was bad. And that's exactly how you and I were before we received Christ. We might have done some good things on the outside, but how many of you know that doing good things on the outside doesn't change what's on the inside? Nope. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. And so God, through his son Jesus, made a way for us to, to get his nature into the inner man. So here he's talking to Nicodemus and Nick wanted wanted Jesus to, to know that how, how awesome he was so he tells Jesus here in verse 2 he calls him rabbi which interpreted means teacher and he says rabbi we know that you're a teacher and you've come from God for no one can do these signs that you do without God being with him. And so here's Nick, if you don't mind me calling him by his nickname, Nick. He, he's kind of, I don't want to use that term, but he's buttering up Jesus. <laughs> do you see that? He's kind of stroking him. He's adding grease to the wheels with his relationship. Oh, Jesus, you're so awesome. Oh, nobody can do what you've been doing. You've got to be from God. And you'd think that Jesus would respond, well, I'm, I'm glad you noticed. But, you know, Jesus didn't want the conversation to go in that direction. He wanted it to go in another direction. And so in verse 3, Jesus responds and says, truly, truly. Now, anytime Jesus says truly, truly, or verily, verily, you need to listen. <laughs> you need to get what I'm about to say. You better get it. He says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, what is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying that except a man or a human being or an eternal spirit born on earth shall be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you see any exemptions in that statement? Doesn't that include everyone? Yet other religions make exceptions. Well, if you do it our way, you're good with God. That's not what Jesus said. He says, except or unless you're born again, you can't enter into God's kingdom. Don't you think it'd be important for us to know what, it, what Jesus is saying about being born again? If he's saying this is the only way 
to get to God, don't you think I should know what it means to be born again? It is not just a catchphrase we throw around, but we actually know what it means? Huh? Come on, help me this morning. Because you know I need help, right? Jesus is going to go on and explain. This word, born again, if you go to the Greek and get the, the Greek understanding, it means to be born from above. Born again is talking about to be born from above. What do you mean above? Like in a two-story house? Huh? In the, I get born at the top floor of the Empire State Building? No, being born above is talking about a heavenly birth. To be born again is a birth you receive from heaven. It's actually the rebirth of our human spirit to cause it to become heaven-like or to reflect God's nature. Jesus goes on to say, well, no, let's, let's, let's get Nick's response here. Because I, I love it when Nick comes back with this. It's, it's pretty awesome. So Nicodemus hears about being born again. Well, he only knows of one birth. What birth do you think he knows about? Baby birth, physical birth, right? So he comes back with this question. How can a man, how can a human being be born when he's already old? Can he enter in for a second time? My wife's already groaning. <clears throat> she gave birth with, with one child that was 8-1, was another that was 7-11, and Rudy was 6-5. Six, six, and when she gave birth to our son, before she was pregnant, she weighed under 100 pounds. You do the math. It was, uh, and now thinking about a grown person climbing back into a womb is like, ooh. So what was Nicodemus thinking about? He was thinking that born again was a physical birth. Jesus then goes and explains, no, Nick, I'm talking about a spiritual birth. Now look at verse 5. Here's this, word, here's this truly, truly again. You got your ears, you got your listening ears on, as Judge Judy would say? <laughs> truly, truly. Unless one, and that's a human being, is born of water, that's repre representative of the word of God, and of the spirit, that's the spirit of God, he or that human being cannot enter the kingdom of God because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again or you must receive a heavenly birth. Understand that salvation requires a spiritual 
birth. Hello? What kind of birth? Spiritual birth or a heavenly birth. Now, because it requires a spiritual birth, that means that I can't be saved by what I do physically in terms of good works and good behavior. It's a birth that can only be received by asking Jesus to come into our heart. That's what salvation is. Salvation is abandoning who we were and asking him to come into our life. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says that as many as receive him, receive Jesus, that's asking him into their heart, into their life. It says that they receive power to become the children of God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, believes unto righteousness, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessing Jesus as Lord creates salvation. You see, when we bowed our knee to Jesus and we accepted what he had done and who he was and asked him to come into our life through a prayer, believing that he's the Savior, he came in by the person of the Holy Spirit and your spirit which was dead, my spirit that was separated from God was resurrected by the power of God and was made brand new. And you and I received spiritual life. Our spirit became a species that never existed before. We became brand new and we received the very nature of God, the nature of love. And now we shall live forever with him. Amen? And so you and I have received a new nature in our spirit man. Now look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Believe it or not, we're almost at the end. <laughs> Woohoo! You having fun yet? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This here is depicting and showing us what it looks like to be born again on the inside, what it looks like to receive a spiritual rebirth. Look here at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ or anyone has received Christ, anyone who has been born again by accepting Christ as their Savior, it says that that individual now is a new creation. <clears throat> in the King James, it says you become a new creature. Well, how could I be new? Because you were born again. Amen. You received a, a spiritual birth. And so now you're brand new. Now you're something that you weren't before. Now you're born of God through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? 
that who you were has passed away and what he now has for you is all new. When a, ba when a baby is physically born on the earth, they have no past. Their past doesn't exist. Well, that's the way it is for you and I. Spiritually speaking. You know, when the enemy comes and mentions something that you did before Christ, he's, he's talking to you about something that no longer exists because you're not that person anymore. You're brand new. And he can't leverage us anymore when we know the truth. You're talking about something to me, devil, that's all, that doesn't exist anymore. I'm not that person. I'm, this per I'm a brand new person in Christ. I'm a new creature. Amen? Let's also go down to verse 21 in that same chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. Again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It's a little different than what Vince has on projection. It says, For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin. When was Jesus made sin? I thought the Bible said that he was without sin. When was Jesus made sin? When did Jesus have sin? When he hung on the cross. When God took our sin and put it on Jesus. Jesus didn't have sin because he did something wrong. He had sin because God put our sin on him. Because we did something wrong. Amen? Now look at this. Are you watching? So that in him, that means as a believer, as a Christian, as one who's accepted Christ into their life, we have become the righteousness of God. Now, as a believer, as a Christian, as one who has received a spiritual birth, it says that we are what? We are the righteousness of God because you're in Christ. Now, let me ask a question, and I want you to be honest. And I want you to be forthright. And I want you to do it in a public manner. I mean public to us here this morning. Nobody's going to see you on the live stream. Because it's all about me at this moment, right? Camera's on me. I trust the camera's on me. Okay, camera, the cameraman says yes. But I want you to ask questions. And you'll respond yes by lifting your hands. No, don't lift your hand. Okay? Now, right now, as you see yourself, do you believe that you're righteous? You believe you are? Then raise your hand. That's what I said. Okay. Now, the reason I'm asking this question is because years ago, when I received Christ, I came from a life of being very sinful, very worldly, very wrong. Just ask Darlene, she'll tell you. 
prophesied. And so when I read this verse of scripture and he was calling me righteous, I saw a contradiction. I'm not righteous. Well, I still talk a certain way. I, start, I, I, I still think a certain way. And you understand, this is after I received my spiritual birth and I was born again. And I didn't understand why the Bible was saying I was righteous when I could tell by my behavior that I wasn't. Now, so I'm the, am I the only one that's ever thought that? In fact, there are many people that will not say what the Bible says about them. That they, it's, they, it just doesn't seem right to call themselves righteous. But yet God calls me righteous. So am I right by not calling myself righteous? Or is God right? So let me tell you what's going on. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, when we, re, when we receive the, the, the salvation that he's provided for us through grace, what part of our nature was born again? Well, it's really not that tough of a question because we already found out it's a spiritual birth. didn't say he didn't describe it as a physical birth did he huh because he said that which is born of the spirit is spirit that which is born of the flesh is flesh so he differentiated between a spiritual birth and a physical birth so when i received jesus christ as my savior what part of my nature what part of my my being was resurrected was made brand new that was made righteous easy question huh my flesh my spirit was made righteous because it was the spiritual birth come on now keep up with me you, you got that so that means that if I received a spiritual birth, <coughs> nothing changed in my flesh. Come on. Come on. My flesh has the same desires after I was born again as it desired before I was born again. Hello? Amen. Your body, my body, right now, still has earthly desires that are unprofitable for us to act out. Amen? Amen. Now, what kind of a birth did we receive? A spiritual birth. Well, that means my mind, which is mental, was untouched. When I was born again. And so if only my spirit was touched, then my body and my mind, the way I think, remained the same. Huh? Amen. Right? Yes, sir. 
Therefore, when you and I were born again, our mind remained worldly because it's been trained or was trained by the world. And our body was still selfish because it still has a nature of selfishness in it. And guess what? It always will until we receive our glorified body. So what's happening is, even though we are righteous, there are times that we follow what our mind wants to thinks that we should do and we follow what our body wants to do and we're now not acting in righteousness because we're not following our spirit and the light came on for me I read this verse that I've been made do you see this word made that's the new birth. That's the recreation of our human spirit. I was made the righteousness of God. And when I finally saw that he was talking about me on the inside, and he wasn't talking about my body, and he wasn't talking about my mind, I went, oh, I get it. The part that he made, like himself, is the man on the inside. He wasn't talking about my mind. He wasn't talking about my body. And that's why many Christians don't think they're righteous and they don't think that they have a good relationship with God because they're still making mistakes. Hello, I'm in the same club you're in. I'm still making mistakes because sometimes I let my mind and my body influence me instead of following my heart. But that doesn't mean that I'm not righteous. That doesn't mean that I'm not born again. That doesn't mean that I'm not on my way to heaven. Right? Look at this. Go to Romans 8, 6. I think this is our last scripture. And everybody said. <laughs> Romans 8, 6. It's going to say what we just got done talking about. It says to be carnally minded. This word carnal just means to be flesh minded or bodily minded. Right? So when I'm mind when I'm mindful of my you this outer man, this humanity, this body that I live in, this house that my spirit lives, when I'm mindful of it, it produces death. And understand that doesn't mean, you know, all of a sudden you're dead. I, I mean, poison will kill you, right? But if you just take a little at a time, you're going to die a slow death. Like, for example, your body and my body is under the yoke of physical death right now. And every day, our outer man dies a little bit. You're not dead, but the works of death are working on it. 
The Bible says, though the outward man, though your body perishes, the inner man is made alive every day. It's renewed every day. The outward man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed every day. So when it says when you're mindful, when you're starting, when you're starting to follow your body, it'll lead you down a, a path that takes away in your life. But it says if you're spiritually minded, if you make decisions from your spirit, it says that you'll have life and peace. Next verse, verse 7. It says that the carnal mind, that means to see yourself as a body and to obey its desires and yearnings, it says it's against or an enmity against God. Well, that doesn't mean that you're still not born again. It just means you're following the wrong part of your nature. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Verse 8, next verse. So then they that are in the flesh, those that follow the flesh, cannot please God. So there's going to be times in your life and in my life that it's going to appear that we're not saved. There's going to be times in our life that we're not going to feel like we're saved. There's going to be times in our life that it doesn't look like we're saved. There's going to be times when we don't act like we're saved. Amen. And the, the reason is, is we're simply not following who we've become on the inside. So because our mind and our body are the same, the, 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 our body and our mind is the same since we were born again. God has left it up to us to reprogram our mind so we begin thinking like Jesus. And that we control our body so that we act like Jesus. You see, once you and I start living our life making decisions acting out what we perceive with our heart in our everyday life we bring our mind and our body in subjection to the part of us that's been born again and we'll start talking like Jesus we'll start acting like Jesus and we'll start seeing the kind of life in our life that Jesus had amen let me close with a, uh, I'll try and make it a quick story. Now, this is strictly a story to bring an illustration to what we were talking about. Okay? So it's been made up. So back in the day, when we had men that lived out in the woods, this guy made his living trapping beavers and mink 
and all sorts of river-type animals. And every weekend, he'd trap all week, and then on the weekend, he'd come back to town, and he would sell the hides that he had caught and tanned, and he would get money from that. And then he'd buy goods that he needs for the next week. And then he'd also spend, spend some time in town uh, enjoying some entertainment. And this man had two dogs. And he brought these two dogs to town every weekend because they were his two dogs. And he had a white dog and he had a black dog. Now, as the story goes, while this trapper was in town enjoying some entertainment on a Saturday night, that they would come out of the saloon and his two dogs would fight in the street against each other. And every Saturday night, these two dogs would fight each other. One week, one dog would win. Another week, the other dog would win. Well, the town thought this would be a good idea to start taking bets on which dog's going to win. You know, they didn't have television back then. They didn't have a lot of entertainment, so two dogs fighting in the street was kind of fun. So they started taking up bets. And people that bet on the white dog, that week that the white dog won, they got some money back with their bet. And then those that bet on the black dog, and that week he won, they made some money. Well, this went on for, for months. And after a while, the town people were noticing some, some weeks I win and some weeks I lose, but the trapper, he wins every week. How in the world does he know which dog's going to win? Because a different dog sometimes wins every other week. How's he know? And so they, they knew at this point that this is a fixed game just like Las Vegas. <laughs> you know it's fixed, right? <laughs> they don't keep those lights on because you're lucky. So they told the trapper, they said, well, we've had enough. You know, we lose more money than we're winning, but you, you're, getting, you're making more money off your dogs fighting than you are on your, on your hides. So we're, we, we quit. We're, we're not going to bet anymore. So the trapper knew the gig was up. So they asked him, though, we're, we're curious. How do you know which dog's going to win? How could you possibly know? I mean, you don't ride to town and say, okay, black dog, you're going to win this week. And they understand you and they obey you. They don't know. How do, how do you know? If the dogs don't even know who's going to win, how do you know? Trapper said it's really simple. I just decide a couple of days before we come to town which dog I want to win. I pick a dog a couple days before, and I feed that dog, but I don't feed the other dog. So when they come to town, the dog that I pick is stronger than the other dog that I want to lose. And the, the one I feed always wins. Well, do I want my mind to win and my body? That's the black dog. Or do I want my spirit to win? Come on. 
the white dog. Which one do you want to win? Which one do you want to have win? Well, the one that you're feeding will be the one that wins. Amen. You see, as you and I feed on the Word of God, and we spend time in God's presence, talking to Him, communing with Him, as we develop our relationship with Him, you're feeding your spirit. And it's going to get stronger than your mind and the desires of your body. And you're going to find habits fall off of you. You're going to find out bad attitudes fall off of you. You're going to find negativity fall off of you. You're going to find all these things of the world start falling off of you because you're feeding the white dog. You're feeding your spirit. And as it gets stronger, the mind against God and the body against God begins to wither. And then you can begin putting on the mind of Christ and begin putting on the behavior of Christ. And then we truly have something on the inside working on the outside. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this good word today. We thank you for showing us who we now are. And for all eternity, we are new creatures. We are the children of God. We are the righteousness of God. And nothing will ever change that because it's a spiritual birth and it's forever. But Lord, I also want to live from this part of my nature that you've touched. I want to live out of my spirit. I don't want to be controlled by my mind. I don't want to be controlled by my body. They're worldly and they're earthly. I want to live in the realm of the spirit. Encourage me, help me, show me opportunities to feed my spirit. To feed the white dog. Begin getting it to grow and exercising it by putting to action what I've read from Scripture and what the Spirit of the Lord is telling me. Therefore, I'll become strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I will rise up and I will have the mind of Christ and I will have the behavior of Christ. And all those around me will see what's on the inside of me because they'll see it working on the outside. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name.